Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topics and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now, here's your host, award-winning certified exit planning advisor, Julie Keys. Welcome, everyone, to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. In this episode, we are going to talk with an M&A advisor who specializes in IT and technology-focused mergers and acquisitions and the unique nuances that drive the deal structure and the outcomes. But before we get to that, let's hear from our show sponsors, TrustPoint, JAK CPAs, and Sunbelt Business Advisors. TrustPoint will design and manage a 401k plan that fits your company's needs. They handle everything from the record keeping and investments to employee education and ongoing administration. And they take on the highest level of fiduciary responsibility to ensure your 401k plan is compliant. You already have plenty to keep you up at night. Your 401k plan should not be one of them. Let their experts help you with a complete plan solution, saving you time to focus on what you do best your business. Visit TrustPointInc.com for more details. For business owners, it can be overwhelming to start planning a transition or exit strategy, but it's so important to avoid unwanted outcomes and unexpected tax bills. The CPAs at JAK, John A. Knutson & Company, can guide you and help make sense of the numbers. Our firm was established over 90 years ago, and we've assisted countless companies with ownership transitions. Leaving your business is a process that takes time. So contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at jakcpa.com. That's jakcpa.com. You wouldn't go deep sea fishing without a guide or skydive without an instructor. So don't sell your business without a broker. Now is a great time to sell a business. Many are selling at a premium. Contact a business broker at sunbeltminnesota.com or call Sunbelt Business Advisors at 612-455-0880 and get a free confidential business valuation so you'll know what your business might be worth. Because selling your business is the biggest financial decision you may ever make. There is a record number of buyers looking for businesses right now. It is a seller's market. You could list, sell, and get more for your business now and start the next successful chapter of your life. Call 612-455-0880 today or visit sunbeltminnesota.com. Minnesota's largest seller of companies. 612-455-0880, sunbeltminnesota.com. Hey everyone, we're back in the studio and we are talking long distance with Ed Garris, a senior advisor with True North M&A and a practicing attorney. Ed, welcome to the Poised for Exit show. Thank you, Julie. Happy to be here. I'm very glad that you are. And uh, I understand that you're kind of new to the True North team. Is that right? Yeah, I've been with True North since about uh, this past summer, um, uh-huh. just kind of uh, getting into the uh, the swing of things and doing doing what I can to uh, increase the uh, the tech industry uh, coverage that the uh, firm has. I think it's fantastic. I, I'm so intrigued by your specialties and the fact that you're a practicing attorney on top of it. I mean, there's a lot that we could really talk about here, um, but I do want to kind of narrow down into that specific 
specific area of technology and IT service companies because we know there's a lot of action going on in those industries and have been, right, and probably will be. So, um, and with your expertise and what you've seen in the industry, I'm sure that you've got some interesting stories to share. But before we get to those stories, could we just get a little bit of a background on you? Tell us about, you know, how you got to where you are right now and, and you know, what some of your um, things have happened on, along the way, along the journey. Um, I have uh, I have one of those uh, crazy backgrounds that uh, a lot of people will sometimes look at me and go, my gosh, Ed, what haven't you done? <laughs> uh, to which my uh, stock answer is I've never been a professional in the NBA. Mm, there you go. <laughs> what about the NHL? <laughs> <laughs> or, or the NHL. Okay. Unfortunately, ha- haven't had any of those professional sports things go on. But, um, you know, I, I put myself through college uh, doing mm-hmm. computer consulting back in the days when the 286 was the uh, the machine uh, that everybody was going crazy about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, have, have basically had, you know, a, a technology bent throughout my career. Wow. Um, that includes, uh, you know, time in the military, working in law firms, putting myself through school. Um, Price Waterhouse Coopers doing selection projects, implementation projects, and then uh, several years uh, in the, uh, the software industry, uh, both with uh, ERP solutions as well as with um, a, a marketing platform back mm. in the days before Facebook and Twitter even came about. Wow. Um, I remember, uh, you know, you were asking about how things go in terms of mergers and acquisitions in tech. and. One of the things that always comes to my mind is thinking about that original, you know, competitors chart that we had um, at that company. And when we first started, there was like five companies that were doing marketing automation. Hmm. And by the time I left that company, you know, about a decade later, um, the piece of paper, you would print out a a legal sized piece of paper, maybe even an 11 by 17. And it was so packed with logos that you couldn't read them all. Wow. So it's it's crazy. I mean, technology is a really fast-moving area, and you really have to kind of keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've, I've continued to, uh, to do some uh, different industries. I've also uh, spent a little bit of time in the cannabis industry mm-hmm. um, and uh, the transportation and hospitality industry in the Las Vegas area. Mm. And as you mentioned, I'm also an attorney, and so I've done some of the deal paperwork and some of the contracts and uh, business advising from the legal side of the table as well. Wow. That is quite a background. And from what I understand with regard to the specialties, um, I would think that you would be go-to for so many other advisors who don't have the specialties that you have and the background that you have. So, right? I mean, you know, let's face it. I mean, I'm an advisor, and if I end up in a situation where I know I'm over my head, I'm going to try and find somebody who actually has an area of expertise, you know, in that specific place. So does that happen? I mean, for you? Yeah, it does. You know, yeah. I, I find that that's one of those things that, uh, you know, um, my legal experience is one of those things that uh, you can you can take the lawyer out of law, but you can't take law out of the lawyer right. or, or something like that. Sure, sure. So, you know, when I will look at these contracts, I, I always look at contracts and I always think of deals in terms of the legal setting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not something that every M&A advisor brings to the table. That's something that, you know, I'm kind of unique with. Um, and the fact that, you know, from the technology and IT services standpoint, the fact that I've 
actually built technology solutions uh, myself, but mm-hmm. I've been an acting CTO for a technology company and, you know, got mobile apps out onto the marketplace, regulatory solutions. Um, there's, there's a lot of little things that I can bring to the table that, you know, people will say, hey, you know what, this is kind of a tech area. Do you, can you help me out with this? Or, hey, you know, this is starting to go in kind of a crazy direction. I want to get our legal team involved, but what do you think? Mm. Wow, uh, that, that's an amazing background and an amazing um, set of skills for sure. One of the things that we had uh, talked about before we got into the studio to record the show here is the different issues that come up, um, especially when it has to do with growth strategy. So uh, we all know that tech companies and IT service companies are, are you know, buying each other up and, and growing via acquisition. There's also organic growth. And, of course, you know, they're going to be using outside capital in many situations. Um, I know that there's some nuances with all three of those types of growth strategies. So maybe we could break those down and you could kind of discuss them a little bit because I'm sure that our listeners would be very interested to hear your take on that. Sure, absolutely. And, and thanks for that question. I, I think this is one of the things that is is really challenging for both the technology as well as the IT services business. Um, and that is, you know, there, there are three kinds of really serious influences. One is what I call organic growth traps. Mm. And I mentioned a few minutes ago that technology moves very, very fast. What ends up happening at a lot of these companies is that you will build solutions or that you're, you're your software solution will go in a direction that you didn't expect it to because there were needs or requirements that you weren't aware of when you first started envisioning what your product was going to do. But what that sometimes does is that you will end up spending a lot of time working on a piece of your product that isn't actually part of what you would call your core competency. Mm. Um, So for example, you know, with a marketing solution, um, we ended up spending a lot of time tinkering around with, uh, you know, the database um, marketing engine when a lot of what we were really getting to the market with and the stuff that people were coming to us for was the, um, the, the management of the marketing process and the financial management of the marketing process, really kind of closed loop marketing. How, how do you measure what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but we were spending a lot of times on a lot of time on other stuff that needed to be developed around it. Um, so that's that's kind of an example of what I would call an organic growth trap. You're growing and you're developing things and there's this little thing that doesn't exist yet. So you spend time and resources and you develop that but it ends up becoming a distraction. Um, Another one is acquisition growth traps. Um, A lot of times software companies, you're going out and you're combining or you're buying up other companies, buying up other competitors, Mm -hmm. and they have some of these little warts and, uh, you know, outgrowths in theirs as well. Right. Exactly. And integrating those companies a lot of times will result in um, orphaning some of these things. Right. They'll be left aside or they'll be brought into the product anyways, even though it no longer makes any sense. And they end up causing problems for the code base as well. Um, and so those are those are some additional traps. The, the last one is what I call the outside capital influence. Um, a great majority of technology companies are using either angel or venture capital um, uh, funds in order to grow their business. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that they've got this additional set of eyes, this additional scrutiny that goes into any kind of merger or acquisition um, 
process that they want to be involved in. Um, the biggest thing, you know, the biggest piece of advice that I always give folks when they ask me about this is strategy is key. Um, if you're thinking about the direction of your company, if you've got the buy-in of those outside investors and those outside buyers, and you're able to convince them, you know, that you've got a plan for what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, what acquisition targets you might be looking for, what exit strategies or strategic buyers might be interested in what you're building. Those are the kinds of things that will help you avoid some of those growth traps or landmines. Well, I would think that if they had that set up ahead of time, then you could find that like-mindedness, right? And then you're not having to try to convince them after the fact, well, this is really where we want to go. And then the investors are like, eh, eh, we don't want to go there, right? Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the other thing, and, you know, kind of putting on my attorney hat here a little bit, mm -hmm. um, a growth strategy or an M&A strategy for a tech firm is about like an estate plan for the rest of us. Mm. You can't just write your will and put your trust together and then put it on a shelf and hope that it's going to be good yeah. every year for the rest of your life. You have to go back and periodically update it. And to the extent that you have a strategy that is a living, breathing strategy that you're constantly working on and that it is part of your op tempo, it's part of what you do as a company, those are the successful strategies. Those are the kinds of strategies that give a company what it needs in order to grow smartly mm -hmm. and avoid some of the growth traps. Yeah, the, there's kind of a mantra of mine as well, a little bit different than this, but very similar in that part of the work I do is strategic planning. And when you know I'm working with a new client, most of the time they don't actually have a good strategic plan. But the thing is, with a strategic plan, it, you have to be continually updating it because if it's not changing, that means you're not working it, right? So I would say that this would be very similar, um, even you know, with the focus and the bent on M&A strategy. And of course, I mean, it's an industry that's moving at the speed of light. So it would have to be updated on a regular basis because things are changing as we speak, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, one of the other things that I would say, and, and Julie, you as a as an outside strategic advisor, me as an outside strategic advisor, mm -hmm. you can't discount the value that comes from a third party perspective. Uh -huh. That fresh set of eyes that, hey, you're not actually in the thick of, you know, the daily operations that are going on and uh -huh. some of the distractions and, and alternate focuses that are there. You're at, we are actually able to kind of look at it and say, guys, that isn't actually looking as important as you think it is. Right. From a third party perspective, you're, you're looking at the wrong stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's very important. And it's, it's something that I think a lot of people will like to discount and they don't want to spend the money on a third party uh, advisor. Right. But it's well worth the time and investment. Well, we don't want them, you know, if they're in transition mode or exit mode, we don't want them to leave money on the table. Um, but we also know that there are ways that um, they can transition from a business, a lot of different options, right, that they can take. We want to make sure as their outside advisor that they're weighing all the options and that they're not just like with tunnel vision. You know, they get so attached to certain concepts and to certain things that they believe to be true. But when they don't have someone like you or me as part of the mix, um, maybe the beliefs are skewed or they just don't have the full picture and then they're never going to get it. So they end up with, you know, not such a good outcome. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, this is another one of those things, you know, if you do in, enter into some of those growth traps, you know, uh, you know, especially for a technology company, you get to the end and you have a, a, a product mix that isn't necessarily homogenous or, you know, tightly related. Mm -hmm. uh, they're one of the things that I think technology companies and IT services companies miss out on is the ability to do multiple exits. Just yes. because you have built this beautiful thing that has, you know, roses in this garden and an orange tree over there in the grove and, you know, a, a beautiful uh, blade, you know, beautiful grassy field over here. Um, that doesn't mean that somebody else and a strategic investor isn't going to come and say, gosh, I want all three of those things. They may only want the grass or right. they may only want the orange tree. Right. And you have to be willing to take some of those things apart and, you know, look at it as, hey, this is an opportunity for each of these pieces to go to the right place Yes. and to flourish even without me in the future. For sure. Do you have a, an example that you could share? Because I believe totally in dissecting assets. I think that um, it's a great strategy. And I think that you're right. It's totally overlooked. I'm sure it sounds like you're speaking from experience. So so tell us a story around that. Yeah, you know, and, and I would say, you know, one of the things that I've run into is uh, businesses that uh, grow strong service offerings, as well as build yes. great software. Amen to that. And, you know, they're, they're two different companies with two different kinds of multiples. And a lot of times you'll have software companies that try to stifle the services mm -hmm. because it takes away from their multiple. And you'll have other software companies that are so in tune with customer success that they become more of a service business and their platform is not as um, uh, important to them or not as big of a piece of what they do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's one of those examples where it's like, hey, they don't have to necessarily go with each other. Right. Um, other things that I've seen are, you know, you will have a, a product company that has been building particular products, but in order to service those products or in order to give the greatest possible value to those packaged products that they have, they also create some, you know, cloud or web properties that, you know, provide additional services or additional information or plugins or, you know, a community that, you know, a, for, a set of forums that support their packaged products those aren't always necessarily going to go to the same strategic buyer as well. And that's, a, that's another one of those places where you're going to look at it and say, listen, it's, this is a place where you want to potentially take this company and divide it up into, you know, the goose and a set of eggs is how I've heard it from, uh, from one venture of mine. Mm. And it's like, you can sell off each one of those different eggs and you may keep the goose and the goose right. might be your core development team that you've been working with for all those time for all this time. You may have a whole new idea that you want to develop a product around. And rather than starting from scratch, you can sell off your golden eggs that you've developed over time and then maintain your team and move directly forward into the next thing that you want to do. So do you have a specific example that you can share that relates to that? Um, you know, I, I, I have a, I have a specific example and it. it's, it's actually the one that I just said, which is, okay. you know, there are packaged products. Um, the company yes. has developed multiple packaged products that are designed to be installed on, on machines. Um, but they also have a set of web properties and the web properties, um, are, you know, supportive of those packaged products, 
but they're also, they could be standalones. Um, they could, you know, there's going to be a different kind of buyer that's going to look at those web properties and say, gosh, these are interesting and these fit with our portfolio of things we're looking at. A completely different kind of company is going to look at those packaged products and say, we make packaged products and these would be great SKUs for us to add to our list of things that are out on our yeah, marketplace. Right. And that that's one of those examples where, you know, taking those pieces and splitting them off into, you know, separate, um, potentially even separate holding companies and then having a couple of multiple exits. Um, that's one way of structuring that. And it's, it's also, you know, an opportunity where, you know, there is a core development team that has been, you know, um, uh, very closely related or, or loyal to the uh, the founder and uh, the management team of the company. And they may want to continue on as opposed to going with the products that they've been developing and working on all these years. They may like to go towards that shiny object as well. Sure. A new thing that they want to move off and start developing. Well, and for people who have... Um, just the skill set and the talent to to take an idea and run with it, that doesn't go away just because they decide to sell their company. So, you know, I love the idea of keeping the goose and selling the golden eggs or selling a few of the golden eggs or, you know, whatever that might look like. Because what I've learned in exactly. my travels, yeah, and I'm sure you have too, as an exit planner, I work with a lot of different business owners in a lot of different industries, different sizes of companies. Um, but there's one thing that many of them have in common, not all of them, but many of them are very afraid to move to the next thing because they think that it has to be all or nothing. And it doesn't. It doesn't, right? Yeah. We, we're idea people. We're just going to keep having ideas. They may not all be good, but we're going to keep having them. And, um, and so what are we going to do with those ideas? Well, there are ways that, you know, you can make this work so that you're happy, the buyer's happy, everybody's happy, and then the seller has some more freedom, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's, it's funny because, you know, it, a lot of the a lot of the information, a lot of the materials out there, and even a lot of the technical or technology culture, is really so much around startups. And you know, hey, we're going to start something up from scratch, and then we're going to build it, and it's going to be really big, and we're going to become a unicorn, <laughs> and everything's going to be fabulous. Right. And you know, having to start from scratch, you know, the days when you've got guys sitting around in your garage, you know, tapping away at their laptops on a card table and drawing things on, you know, your dad's old whiteboard. Mm -hmm. um, that's tough. If yeah. you're able to start and you can get into the next thing that you want to go to, you know, maybe you've had a marketing automation company, but you, you have this great idea around how to help manufacturing companies. As opposed to simply, you know, starting from scratch and having to go out and find a whole new team of developers, you could potentially sell off those marketing assets to strategic buyers, keep your development team, and start the new company with a bunch of people who you trust, who you know their skill sets, who love working for you already, mm -hmm. and are probably interested in helping you with the next big thing. Great, great ideas. Great advice. Um, we could keep going, but we can't. We gotta, we gotta wrap it up. And I, <laughs> darn it, I have one question though, um, and I know that a lot of our listeners are going to want to hear your thoughts and insights on this. So, if we had a chance to look into Ed's crystal ball, 
Um, what would you say that that crystal ball would be telling us right now for 2023? Um, I, I think 2023 is going to be a little bit challenging for the tech sector. I think the tech sector is right now, you know, in kind of a an armadillo mode, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, people are, you know, starting to, you see the big companies that are laying people off. You see that right. there's, you know, a lot of structuring and posturing to kind of protect ourselves in, in you know, the, the pending recession. Um, and I think that we're going to see a couple of things. I think that we're going to see a continuation of new companies being hatched um, on almost a constant basis. All those people who have gotten let go from these big companies, right. they're not going anywhere. They're going to continue to be in the technology industry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are going to start their own thing. Right. They're going to create new products. But I also mm-hmm. think that you're going to continue to see large companies Suck, you know, basically taking up all of these small companies and, and creating bigger and bigger um, solutions. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, one of the other things within technology um, that's going to continue to happen and it's going to accelerate is the use of AI mm-hmm. to shortcut the development process. So in other words, there's been so much work that's been done on code to develop these products. And yes. I used to call it, hey, simple development is the best development. Mm-hmm. The easier it is for me to, to create a user interface that is the best for the end user, the better the product is going to be. Mm-hmm. And we now have so many of those tools. There's so many products out there. One of them that just comes to mind uh, is uh, Bubble.io, where you can, you know, there's they advertise that they've got people who have never swung a line of code before, and they've created mobile apps using their platform. Wow. That's the kind of stuff that I think we're going to continue to see and mm-hmm. see more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that, you know, like the AI assisted uh, executive where people are beginning to use more and more AI and more and more uh, virtual assistants and things like that yes. in order to make their businesses more efficient. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a, a continued push into that area as well. Well, interesting. Very interesting. I'm sure that our listeners enjoyed this very much. I know I did. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ed. We really appreciate it. Thank you all, uh, all the listeners out there for joining us. And we appreciate your positive reviews. Keep them coming. Keep those ratings coming. And please do share the show with your friends and clients. Join us again next time.